Hey, everybody, and welcome to Comics and Cinema. I'm your host, Alex Klein, and today is our monthly comic book episode. And to discuss, we have the always great Robert Clouser. Rob, welcome to the show. What's up, Alex? How you doing, man? Doing well. Uh, I know when we were chit-chatting about this series we're going to be talking about, it was a last-minute uh, addition to the schedule. Uh, we were talking and like, okay, but what are we going to do for September? And I think, I don't even remember what we had originally planned, but, uh, it just, it ended up being perfect that the Hawkeye trailer came out and just seeing all of the Matt Fraction esque things from it, uh, just was like, okay, I've got to reread this series. I have the, uh, there's a complete collection coming out in, I think November that uh, I had pre-ordered too. And I was like, damn, I was going to wait until I got that to read it, but I have it on my, uh, my iPad as well. And obviously it's, it's completely available on Marvel unlimited. So we figured why not, this is going to be a, a comics and cinema first. For those of you listening, we're going to be doing a Hawkeye double feature for the months of September and October. So uh, today we are going to be talking about, and it's all Matt Fraction's Hawkeye, which again, you can find on Marvel unlimited. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about young Avengers presents Kate Bishop. Uh, it's issue number six. And then uh, Matt Fraction's Hawkeye issues one through 12. And then our next section will be on uh, Hawkeye annual and the 13 through, I believe it's 22. Uh, but very excited to talk about this again. Got a lot of hints about this being in the show. And uh, this was my probably second or third time reading through this, but it had been a long time because I had collected these issues when they first came out. And uh, for those of you that are unaware, again, this is it's Matt Fraction. He, he's written things such as Mighty Thor. He did Sex Criminals for Image Comics and a couple of other things there. I think he did Odyssey, uh, but he also did Invincible Iron Man for Marvel as well. That was an amazing series. Uh, but he's joined by David Aha and Matt Hollingsworth on Colors uh, with also guest artists throughout this series of Javier Polito and uh, looks like Steve Lieber and Jesse Hamm. And uh, Annie Wu as well, which is really exciting. But um, Rob, I think, was this your first time reading it? Yeah, it was. What did you think yeah. of it overall? Man, I enjoyed it. It was, it was different. It's, it's, it's a lot there. Like, it was real creative with some of the stuff that they were doing with, with, uh, with Lucky. And uh, I, I guess we'll get into it later in the, the second half when, when, he, when he goes deaf and all that stuff. It was really oh, right. interesting. So, yeah. Yeah, this this was like uh, so ahead of its time and, and well deserved too. It won a ton of Eisners for uh, for the story, for the art, and it, it just shows as you read these. I mean, if you've never read comics before, you may be like, "This is not. This doesn't look like a Marvel comic," and it's just it isn't. It's so different from what you would typically see in a superhero smash and grab sort of Avengers type of series. It's very down to earth. It's very street level. And the other thing he did a lot of, too, was a lot of singular issues within the story where one issue is complete. Like there's the, the issue mentioned with Lucky where it's the entire issue is just from his perspective. And right. it's like, OK, you know, you're not really moving the story ahead by much, but you're you're living in this story like you're there following the dog and following all the different pictures on it. Just again. And, and part of that, you know, Matt Fraction creating the story, but uh, David Aha coming up with just. The, oh, use, I love that art, the use of the pages like you know we talk about that people love the the nine panel page where it's just three 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 or a nice big splash page but this series really goes into what can be done with a comic book page because it's just it's out of this world yeah i love that david aha art it's really nice yeah he was yeah. this was like i think his 
premiere with Marvel. I'm trying okay. to remember if he did anything sooner, but he definitely did some things afterwards as well. Like uh, I know he was in Karnak and uh, he did a couple of others, but he just, I, I, anytime he, I think he was in Matt Fraction's Immortal Iron Fist actually. Okay. I was, I was, I was doing a little bit of research. I guess he did X-Core. I guess I got to check that out. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's new. That's on Marvel Unlimited. I think the third issue just came out. I read the first two and uh, really cool. Really liked it. And yeah, his art, I don't think I've ever seen anything he's done and been like, eh, it's all been just, you know, breathtaking. Right. But, but uh, this series, at least the way that they they prescribe it on Marvel, starts out with this Young Avengers Presents issue, which, uh, looking at it, I'm going to double check on here. But uh, yeah, so Matt Fraction wrote it, but the art in this is by Alan Davis, and it's classic Alan Davis. I mean, he's he's one of the, the old-timey greats, I'd say. Uh, and this is essentially your intro. If you hadn't read Young Avengers, your intro to Kate Bishop and you know, where she's coming from and how she gets involved with uh, Hawkeye, which was interesting. When I read this, I don't think I had read this before, uh, or maybe I didn't, I'd forgotten. Cause I was like, what the heck is Ronan doing on the, the carriage? Like what's going on? And then it's like, oh, okay. You know, he's, he's basically testing out Kate to see if she's worthy of being his successor in a sense, which was, I kind of liked it. I mean, it was, again, it was a good little primer. I don't think it was anything to write home about, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, that was, that was kind of weird. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna test you by freaking ambushing your carriage ride with, with yeah. Uh, what's the kid's name? Uh, Bradley. Uh, Bradley. Isaiah not, Bradley. Isaiah Bradley. Yeah, yeah. Or no, not Isaiah though. That's that's his his grandfather. Uh, oh. oh my gosh, it's in. I think it's in the first page. But yeah, so Patriot. Eli. 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 Yes, thank you. Yeah. Eli Bradley, Patriot. Uh, also a strange sort of mini storyline that I didn't really care about, but was like, okay, cool. She's a player. She's like playing him and thinking that, you know, I'm not interested in you, but I am interested in you. And then, you know, we get the Hawkeye series and there's no young Avengers really in it at all. So it's like, what was the point of making this romantic thing? I get it. It's from the young Avengers presents. So they have to deal with the young Avengers, but it was strange in a sense, a little, off character but at the same time kind of showed who she was which is you know she's just young and she's she's all about having a good time uh, and i'm looking through this here just to see if there's any other call outs in here but basically what happens is um hawkeye takes she had her bow his bow and so she he takes his her bow back says it's mine and then she talks to speed and he's like, we should just go take it back. And so she goes and steals it back. That's right, yeah. But Hawkeye knows it and he's like, you know what? That's basically like the test. And uh, which was like, cool, I guess. And then she goes back to her house and uh, Eli's playing video games and she kisses him. And it was like, okay, cool. Yeah, that was, it was, you know, he was doing what the Robin Hood trick. Like he was betting. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The arrow and she shouldn't have made the bet, whatever. Because I guess Cap Cap gave her the uh, bow because everybody thought he was dead. That's right. Yep. That would have probably come from, I think that was in the Fallen Sun uh, Death of Captain America miniseries because one of those was with Kate Bishop and I think she gets the bow in that. Uh, but from there we dive straight into this series, which again, I just I remember vividly getting this comic and just being like, wow, like I feel like I'm holding a piece of history in a sense. And I don't know why at the time, but when I read it, I was just like, this is so cool. Like this is so anti anti superhero. And it starts out with a shot from the trailer of uh, Hawkeye jumping out of the building and shooting an arrow up. And I loved this because this is this is a recurring theme in this series is him saying, OK, this looks bad. 
Right. And he says that in like every single issue of like whatever it is that he's doing is not good. And from this point of view, yeah, definitely not. As he falls down and breaks his body on a, on the back of a car and we start and then he's in the hospital. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, they get they get pretty messed up through this whole series. It's, 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 it's pretty cool, man, to see it from that perspective. It's more like the everyday guy. I mean, the only thing that's special about him is he can shoot. That's about it. Like he. Honestly, it's also that he can take a punch. Well, yeah. Right? Mm Because he just gets the crap beaten out of him day in and day out, which is just too funny. Um, And and I love, too, the way that they did this, and it looks like they're sort of doing it in the movie or the show, excuse me, is that uh, he's got, like, he's always got a bandage on somewhere. Like, he's either got a a nose thing or it's over his head. And I'm just looking here as he, like, kicks the wheelchair out, and he's like, I'm done with this. Like, I'm just, I'm going home. And then we get the uh, the background on Pizza Dog as well, Lucky, who turns out I'd forgotten was the dog of the tracksuit mafia, who we meet in this first issue as well, and who is featured heavily in the trailers of Hawkeye 2. And what did you think of the tracksuit mafia? Um, I mean, I thought I thought it was cool. It's just like you know, uh, I guess a, a a worthy opponent of you know of a re- everyday guy. It, it it I think it leads more into like the criminal underworld in Marvel, but they, they, I guess they're like a good jumping off point. Yeah, you know. So I thought it was cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just the the relationship that he gets with that dog, I think, was cool because there's a lot of it that's unsaid, and he says it very briefly when he's like talking to the doctor where you know he says i think i think he sees himself in lucky just because the doctor if you if you notice he kind of lists off the same amount of injuries that hawkeye was given when he was in the hospital and he's like no this dog's gonna make it and he starts out by saying he's not my dog and then by the end he's like fix my dog and it's like oh okay cool but then we learn a little bit of the backstory of what what's up with hawkeye right now he lives in an apartment complex by himself and he, uh, he, you know, he kind of knows his neighbors. There's a couple of neighbors that he's, we, we see throughout here, like Grills, Mr. Gilbert. And um, I'm trying to remember what her name is, but the lady who has I a couple yeah. of kids. Yeah, I um, yeah, and she's the one who, uh, essentially how the story gets kicked off or, or the, the catalyst for the story is the tracksuit mafia owns the building and they are raising the rents yeah, by triple, they're tripling right. it for everybody. Uh, but not because they want the money, because they want everyone to leave so they can sell the building and make even more money off of it. So what does Hawkeye do? He shows up at their underground gambling uh, place and he buys the building from them. He says, I'm just going to buy this building from you, which I loved because you never really find out or maybe we do in the second half. So don't, don't you know, don't spoil it for our readers, but um, you never find out, at least in the first 12 issues, how he gets that money. Oh yeah, right. And I'm wondering, it's like maybe that's the from the Avengers, or at some point he, because he just says like I'm good, I I'm good at money or something like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so then he he buys the building, and even then they're like, you know, we don't we don't accept your money, and he was like, well, I wasn't asking, and so then he beats the crap out of them, but they also beat the crap out of him, and now he has taken it upon himself to kind of be the guardian of this apartment complex. And so he kind of keeps an eye out to make sure that these these tracksuit mafia bros are, uh, you know, staying their distance. What did you think about the heavy use of bro? Uh, I'm, I'm curious to see if they're going to use that on on the show. Me too. <laughs> I really am, because that was like a 
it was like a zeitgeist thing at the time. I remember all the, you know, the comic sites that I would read were just in love with that. Like, oh my God, this is just so creative. Like, oh, bro, bro, no, bro, bro. And I did not like it when I read it. I was just, like, it was fine, but I was like, okay, this is a little much. So I'll, we'll see what they do in the show. I wonder if they won't do that for that very same reason, but it kind of made the character endearing in a sense, or those characters endearing to where like, you don't like them. They're bad guys, but they're also really funny to listen to. Like they're so stupid and they never know what they're talking about. Yeah. Uh, I don't Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they won't lean too heavy into that. Cause it's kind of like a freaking uh, stereotype type of thing for like Russian immigrant people. Maybe. Right. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it could be, I, you know, and, and he was just so funny with this overall. I know we talked about this at a, a prior to reporting of, uh, the the word bubbles that he would use for uh, other languages you know typically what you'll see in a comic is the person will talk and then on either end of it is the um i don't even know what you would call them but it's the greater than and less than uh vertical v's or horizontal v's and then they'll usually have an exclamation point and at the bottom it'll say spoken in mandarin or you know whatever it says and so here though instead It'll say some Spanish stuff. It's just what it says in the word bubble or, you know, a mix of German and Italian <laughs> or yeah. some explicative is being said. And I, yeah. I love that. Again, it's a very creative way to get the point across. We, we know, like as an audience, we, we get it. So I, I think it added definitely a little bit of flair to it. Yeah, I like I like the like you're talking about like the fight scene where he's fighting the uh, in the uh, in their little gambling room and he does like the little flick of the uh, coin. Mm. Yeah, I didn't know he could do that kind of stuff. Yeah, so cool, right? And that's like a total, uh, again, you, you're like, oh, I had no idea. But at the same time, it's like, that makes so much sense for Hawkeye that like, he's 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 like a bo- bottom barrel uh, bullseye. Right. Where he like, he's he, he'll always hit the mark, but also there's a lot of times where he doesn't hit the mark and he messes up. But uh, there's a great bit there too, where after he gets out and, and uh, he's in the hospital, I think, going to get the dog mm-hmm. and he's beating up one of those tracksuit guys and he's going like, who throws a dog into traffic? And the guy's like, bro, bro, bro. And he's like, it's okay, everybody. It's okay. It's it's not a big deal. I'm an Avenger. And the guy goes, aren't you like Iron Fist or something? Oh yeah. They keep. Yeah. And they keep (laughs) saying that. And I didn't catch it the first time, but after I went, I was like, oh, that's because Matt Fraction wrote the Matt Fraction and David Aha did Iron Fist. And Danny Rand looks the exact same in that Iron Fist comic as Hawkeye, like same white, blonde, short blonde hair, kind of, you know, frizzled, that sort of thing. And so that's what it's like. That makes sense. That's like a meta joke, basically. Right. Okay. I get it now. Yeah. I was wondering that they kept they kept referring to him as as Iron Fist. So, okay. Yeah. And I'm I'm like 99 percent sure that's why it's just him calling out his other series. Uh, And so that yeah, that first issue ends with and I didn't catch it again. That was like a nice little surprise having not read this in a while when he says, what's the guy doctor says, what's his name? And he says, he's not my dog. (laughs) Anything on his collar? Collar says it's arrow. And he says, "Eh, (laughs) I'll come up with something better. But I loved that. I was like, oh, my gosh, it's arrow. That's perfect. They were meant to be like this dog was meant to be his. And he's even missing his eye, just like the dog in the in the uh, in the episode in Hawkeye. Uh, but then, yeah, we move into, again, completely different story in the second one. Still kind of Hawkeye-ish, but now it's him and Kate Bishop. And just, I love this too. The, that's on one of the other, uh, it's like the second page. Uh, there's a Daily Bugle newspaper. And it says, the headline is, everything awful. 
oh god somebody do something <laughs> that's the, <laughs> yeah. the headline which makes sense i mean new york is is uh struggling right now with all the villains in there but i mean just the the uh conversations between him and kate I just thought were fantastic throughout the whole thing. And, and, and you get these pages where she says, uh, well, that's cool. Uh, as he's like prepping to shoot an arrow, but it's like panels of W E L L. Like, well, it's, oh, I think yeah. it's implying that it's going in slow motion essentially, but again, just a really cool way to utilize the page uh, to kind of convey that sort of thing. And obviously he gets a bullseye on it. I didn't, I didn't pick up on that, but that, that is pretty cool. Like, yeah, it's, move yeah i can see it now moving to slow motion that's pretty mm-hmm. cool. moving a little bit and so I, I the whole point of this one was like there uh there's a there's a person i guess or some like circus crime unit that's about to start robbing a bunch of rich villains and i think they're trying to go there to steal some intel or something like that but I, it gives kate an excuse to dress up in a beautiful gown and uh clint you know to kind of dress his best but even in this you know this is where i was kind of saying it is the guy who the ringmaster it says French stuff. Wait, maybe some Italian too. And uh, that's just what it says, which in French, it says French again, but uh, very cool to see them, him pit against his circus roots because um, you know, he talks about how the sword master trained him, but this guy doesn't actually end up being the sword master. He's like a, a knockoff who stole the sword master's brand, I guess. He basically just keeps calling them all phonies and that they all, you know, got hypnotized. They got their jewels taken from him. And it's just so funny, too, because they're stealing the and they explained this to them. Like, why are you trying to stop us? We're stealing things from villains, from the bad guys. And he's like, it doesn't matter. But then by the end of it, all the villains are now after Hawkeye because they think he stole his stuff. And it's just that, you know, that's like the class you, you'd call it the Parker luck. But it's also like the Clint Barton luck as well, because he just can't seem to catch a break in the series. Yeah. I mean, like, like the collateral damage in, in some of this stuff, in some of these panels is pretty sick, too. Like, like I guess they're getting chased by, the, by I guess, these, these clown guys. You see people getting shot at the pool or whatever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Nuts. Yeah, there's this spot, too, where Kate, she, like, wore a disguise, which comes in, you yeah. know, is like a secret peek into some of the other issues that I completely forgot about, too, when with when come to Madame Mask. But uh, she shoots that arrow at the guy and hits him right in his neck, and he just falls down. I was like, oh, wow. And, uh, oof. Uh, yeah, and it says, did I ever tell you why I love Kate Bishop? I mean, look at her, right? <laughs> She's shooting that thing right into the guy's neck. She's perfect. And uh, it was great. And then, of course, yeah, they jump out and go into the pool. And he says, "Okay, this looks bad. (laughs) And then get to that point. But, um, yeah, they they just fight them. They beat them. And that's kind of the end is them deciding that. uh, Well, you know, and a piece of this, too, I think, is him saying, you know, he says, at least I got help at the end of this as the closing line of this issue. And I think just showing that he's willing to work with people again, that he's willing to get himself out there. I I truly believe that this series is fine by itself. Like you don't need to read any other Hawkeye to understand it, but I think coming off of where he was in the, uh, in the Marvel universe, having died and then come back and, you know, he just, he'd been kind of left behind in a sense. And so I think this was a really good series to kind of show him coming back into his own and learning that, you know, it's okay. It's kind of like what Black Widow had to deal with in the movies, right? Where like, she has to learn to trust her friends and she has to learn to trust others and and work with others. And that's kind of what he's seeing now too. He's got Kate, he can work with Kate. He's got Lucky. 
And you know, it's funny, and I guess we can we can take this point to kind of dive a little bit into the show too. I wonder if they'll kind of go into that for the show of like, yeah, he's got a family in this, and they clearly establish in the trailer that some incident is going to require him leaving his family and maybe they go into hiding or whatever, but he's, he lost everything besides his family. And when you look at Hawkeye as a character, not Clint Barton, who does he have? Like he doesn't have Natasha anymore. He really wasn't close to any of the other Avengers. It was usually just him and Nat. And so in a sense, that's, I wonder if that'll be a theme in this series too, is that him kind of finding who can he connect with again and who can he trust? Who can he work with and grow with? And I think it's perfect that they, they are going with Kate Bishop for like passing that torch. Yeah. Well, you got to think about like his connection with Wanda and, and, you know, and the, Oh, that's a good point. Yep. The infinity saga. So like, you know, she's MIA or whatever, but like, like you were talking about earlier, this is a more grounded series. So out. Yeah. I, I, I guess it's just like him having to deal with, the ramifications of, of him being all you know being a vigilante for the last five years yep. you know after after the uh the blip so i mean it, which is cool is what this series deals with it's like him him having to face off with all these crime lords and organizations and stuff so yeah yeah i'm looking forward to it mm-hmm. <clears throat> and before we leave this issue i will call out this was also one of the famous lines of the day one of my favorites from this entire series is uh, when they escape in that boat and uh, Clint says, can you drive a boat? And she says, no, wait, does one drive a boat? It's not like sail or no, what doesn't matter. I can't. He says, I was hoping you'd say that. And he says, I'm great at boats. And that, that was like one of my favorite lines that they, they like, they had shirts back in the day that had that line. I'm great at boats on it. That uh, when I saw that, I laughed again. Cause I was like, this is just so great. And then there was, I, I, and I'm calling that out. Cause I took some screenshots. That was one that I took. And I also took one on here, which was just him talking about the, this like, again, panel construction. Uh, oh yeah. The one where him and Kate are talking on the phone and it's right at the end and she calls him a dummy at the very end. But like, I just love that back and forth between the two of them where you're really getting that idea that there's, there's absolutely nothing romantic going on between the two of them. It literally is us getting to watch a true friendship kind of blossom and grow, uh, which, you know, more like family, I guess you could say a brother, sister sort of thing, just because they also hate each other at some points in this series as well. Yeah, I mean, you talk about, you know, when you were talking about Kate Bishop being a player in, in Young Avengers, like, Clint's a freaking player, too, man. He's got, like, what, oh, freaking yeah. Mockingbird. He's got to get his paper served and all that stuff. And oh, yeah. That that issue was so good when they had the, the vignettes, and it was like, what was it, the, the ex-wife, the, yeah, uh, the, the work partner. wife, the work and, wife, the the, and then the friend, it was like the friend or something like that, because that was uh, Spider-Woman. No, that was his that's current girlfriend i thought uh no that was because uh, it said i could we'll, we'll check when we get there but i could have yeah. swore it was uh not jessica drew um jessica yeah. or it is jessica drew right? yeah, it's that's, jessica drew, yeah that's spider woman yeah maybe they were and you're right they were dating when they're talking about this i just i was like were they i couldn't remember at that time if they were actually dating in the marvel universe but for this series, great, I guess. I mean, you get no background around that. Like, you're just no. expected to understand that they're dating, which you wouldn't believe because he does all of these things and we never hear anything from Spider-Woman. But, uh, you know, that's probably why she's so upset with him. <laughs> Let me get to right. that point. Uh, but yeah, then we get to this third issue that I think is titled Cherry. 
yeah. just because at the very beginning it says cherry but we are now getting another shot from the trailer of hawkeye where they are in their car this i'd like to call the arrow issue because this is the issue where we learn about all of hawkeye's arrows and uh he kind of gives the the lowdown to kate just like in the trailer where he's saying you know oh don't grab that arrow like that's a bad arrow um, which is just so great, but they're essentially, this was something I didn't really catch the first time I read it, but basically um, there's a lady who we find out later, her name is Penny, right, Rob? Right. And she is the girlfriend, the wife of one of the tracksuit mob- mobsters, like one of the higher up ones, and she's trying to get out. And so she steals their car and just happens to run into Clint at some point. Cause he's like, Whoa, nice car. And then, you know, ends up just like Clint would do to, you know, help out a beautiful woman, uh, you know, helps her out, doesn't realize, of course, what he's now getting himself into. But the entire thing is just a giant car chase of them trying to get their car back. And he offers to buy that car. He's like, you know, I I love this car. I'll buy it. But by the end of the issue, you know, the car is completely smashed. And she's like, I can't I can't let you have this. There's a great uh, thing in here, too, where he's diving around naked and there's like little (laughs) Hawkeye logos over his private parts. Yeah. Yeah. And that scene is just so good. He's diving horizontally. It's got up there and the captions say scratch that. No good news. Everything sucks. And uh, just again perfectly capturing that moment and those are the sort of things certainly i don't need to see nudity of hawkeye in the moot in the show but this is the sort of nonsense <laughs> that i need to see is him i know jeremy renner has it it's funny i uh i actually gotta share this rob because i i kept a note that i wrote i like did a little journal entry when marvel announced their phase four slate i was uh-huh. like holy cow like i gotta document this this is so cool and uh, I've got it right here. And I have a little note that I did for Hawkeye, which was, uh, where is it? It says, I said, very excited about this. Is So this had to have been, actually, I dated it. This was July 20th of 2019. So this is two, basically two and a half years ago. Very excited about this one. The title sequence and logo tells me that this will rely on Matt Fraction and David Aha's series that I love so much. And Prayed would be a movie with Jeremy Renner. He will also be teaching Kate Bishop, which is perfect, but there's no casting yet. I almost you wish you called that out during during uh, Comic Con, didn't you? Uh, yeah, uh-huh. well, yeah, they, had, yeah. It was easy though, because the the logo that they gave was the the logo from Hawkeye, like from that first issue of Hawkeye. That's their logo. So I was like, there's no way they're gonna do the logo and then not you know copy some of the things from the show. So this sort of nonsense, I hope this is in the series. Like I hope they do go in there and he's like, this sucks, everything sucks, and oh my god, and like I can just see Jeremy Renner doing that. We haven't really gotten to see him be too funny yet in the mcu and i think this is a great chance for him to because he's got the chops he's there he you know if you've seen did you see a tag no i didn't watch tag oh, okay yeah he was pretty funny in tag and then there was another movie that he was in as well that he was pretty funny and so i know he can do it uh but yeah looking at the rest of this i i, I kind of summed it up i mean that's literally what it is is they it's a it's a giant car chase that's broken up between his arrows and so like each of the arrows is it stops someone else who's chasing them and he's got sonic arrows explosive tip arrows putty arrows cable arrows smoke bomb rocket arrows uh suction tip arrow that one was cool when he's hanging off the top of the car oh and then he says back in a sex sec clint barton you dummy (laughs) and he does that later in the series too he said does it again he's like god damn it (laughs) yep so funny Uh, electro arrow that one was cool yeah and he smashes that guy and then, and then oh, next, you know, yeah. this, this was a cool issue too because 
Uh, is this the one where he talks about the nine things that he's done bad during the day or something like that? And it's like counting them down through the issue of like, all right, that's number seven. I don't remember if that was I this one or not. Yeah. I know what you're um, talking about. I don't think yeah, yeah, because yeah, I'm just looking here. It says, okay, so this was the second biggest dumb thing, but I don't think I don't think it was. And even this, she, oh yeah, and then she shoots the boomerang arrow. That was another one. Was uh, because boomerangs. That was another big uh, kind of zeitgeist. Yeah, she asked him why, why do you have a boomerang arrow? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Because boomerangs. <laughs> makes total sense but then hey it comes in handy at the end as those things always do yes this is the this is it because at the very end it says one so this is the one where he says you know these are there's nine terrible things or something like that i'll I'll go back to the beginning and see exactly what he said but something about you know this is going to be a really bad day oh he says it's only the third most terrible idea i've had today and today i've had exactly nine terrible ideas and so then the issue goes through what all nine of his terrible ideas was again Completely out of the blue, has no real connection to the issue before. The Really, the only connecting tissue besides them is the tracksuit mafia, in a sense, because we don't even see them at the hotel in the one where we kind of do a little bit. But from there, story's done, sort of. We now, I, I call that like the trio warm-up of uh, now we kind of know what the series is about. If you're in, you're in. If not, it's probably a good time to back out because things just get even more crazy because then we move into a two-part story that uh, again back in that time like no one was doing that no one was making little two stories in the middle of it was always write your six issues we can turn that into a trade paperback and uh, we get the tape which i would not be surprised if that's a thing in the movie what do you think about that or the show you think so it could it could just be one episode right Mm -hmm. of them being like oh shoot like this tape we've got to go get this tape and then they, you know, have to go get it. And by the end of the episode, again, it's only two issues. So you could make a 40 minute, 50 minute, you know, episode about that. And you'd get I mean, to introduce Madam Mask, which yeah, I think they said was going to be in it, right? I, I don't know. I, I I didn't know if that she was going to be in it or not, but I, I guess you could do do the storyline in the show. But, you know, it's I like to, I like to twist at the end. But, I mean, With Kate? Yeah. Well, no, Which, no. With the, the, the twist, with, 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 with oh, with the tape. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I completely. Again, I, I had been so long since I'd read this that I, I'd forgotten about all of that. And so, essentially, what happens in these two issues is uh, there's a tape that Shield has that shows a, a prominent. I think this like a prominent Avenger assassinating yeah, uh, a, a criminal, and if anyone were to get their hands on this tape it would be disastrous, right? Like it would be living proof that the Avengers are, you know, corrupt, all that stuff. And so the tape got out and they have to go get the tape back. So the assumption is, you know, it's probably Clint on that tape since they're the one that ones that are assigned to get it back. And so they have to go to Madripoor, which would make sense because we just got introduced to Madripoor in Falcon and Winter Soldier. So they could go there and, you know, they, there's a bidding war basically to bid on this tape. And so Madam Mask ends up winning and uh, gets the tape. You're getting excited. What, what do you, what do you, what's coming through your head? I just thought of something. What if, what if there was some kind of recording during that uh, fight scene in Endgame where he takes his mask off and he's talking to Natasha and that's what they use to frame him and say, here's an Avenger murdering people in the street. 
You know what I'm saying? Oh, well, you know, and I, I think there's probably things he's probably done on camera during those five years, too. Well, that... Yeah, but he's been wearing a mask all the time. Like, oh, oh. Maybe, you know, he takes off the mask when Natasha's there and they catch him on camera. Yeah. So you Are you talking about during, oh, when, during when she goes to get him. Okay. Right. I was thinking like right. in Vormir? <laughs> no, no, yeah. Endgame. There's cameras that's, that's on like the, the only time. That's the only time like he, he's wearing the Ronin outfit and he's around killing everybody. So they probably never get a good look at him. But they, they know it's him. The, Great the call. Avengers, the Avengers know it's him, but like now maybe they're at, they're at, you know in in Tokyo, and he takes his mask off while he's talking to Nat, and there's a camera out there that catches him. Yep, that make total sense. And and you know, the, the Yakuza gets it, gets their hands on it, or whatever. Again, selling it to the highest bidder. Yeah, I could totally see that, especially with Shield. Well, but see, then at this point, it'd be a little more interesting because Shield doesn't exist, so. Who who would have yeah. who would alert him to say hey this video is out there or maybe they would be playing their hand to say we have the videotape and you have to give us you know blah 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 your you know million dollars or whatever I I don't know if it's going to be that I think it's just going to be like like it's a it's a play to show like the Avengers aren't all that great in the first place yeah and then maybe it goes to the highest bidder to see who who you know like like you said the yakuza or somebody had whoever has a tape give it to the highest bidder so they can go you know find out who is who it was these five years it's been killing all the like the the mafia the the drug cartels and everything like that maybe that that's what it is like yeah somebody, somebody's out there selling a tape and now kate bishop's dressed up as uh ronan in the series and she doesn't know what she's getting herself into yeah Ooh, that's maybe a good i like saying? oh yeah yeah so, i could totally see that that'd be awesome yeah That'd be really cool. Yeah, and you even get you get a Captain America cameo in here too. Him him oh, kind of explaining right. as well, saying like it's not good. And you're like, man, if Cap's saying it's not good, it's definitely not good. But I just I love this because again, Madame Mask wins the bid, and I got so mad. I was like, God, this this sucks. And it's funny too because again, the the art style on these two is, issues is so unique. I haven't seen Javier Polito in a really long time, and I was trying to guess it as I was going. It reminded me of David Lopez. But I was just, I'm digging, like I was digging it. I don't know what, how to describe it. But when I read these, I just feel so casual when I'm reading them. Like, yeah, there's some stakes in the issues, but I never feel like I'm reading an Avengers comic or some, uh, you know, giant event series. Like I just, it's the perfect sort of story to just read on your couch. Like there's only two, it's two issues, right? Like, you know, the ending by the end of the second issue. So you're good. Like there's not a lot of commitment that's needed. Right like a pulp fiction novel or something like that exactly yeah and uh yeah so they're they're going back and forth you know oh three five who has three five and uh hydra gets in the game at 305 do i hear four one billion <laughs> says madam mask and they're like wait oh yeah yes excellent one billion euros all right let's go but then by the end of it i was like well crap how do they get it back from madam mask <laughs> and then it was like oh it was kate the entire time this is awesome uh, which was great. Again, showing her skills for being able to pretend to be someone else, which I think would be great to see because we're already yeah. seeing her become Ronan. So you know that she's not afraid to get her hands dirty in this way or to hide who she is behind someone else. Um, Operation Ukrita, uh, which I never bothered to look up, and I suppose I could do right now. I don't know if that's like a, uh, I'm sure it's a real word. I've actually never heard of it before. Oh, true uh, the meaning is true creature it's an extinct genus of um lizard huh okay um creature from the black lagoon don't tease me don't tease me 
okay, so anyway, in the second issue, we get Clint jumping out of a window tied to a chair again saying, okay, this looks bad, uh, but it was better than it was a couple of seconds ago. And uh, we get to see him, he, you know, he got tied up, he got caught. And I just loved how the whole plan came together. You know, he jumps out of the building, S.H.I.E.L.D. catches him. They're trying to save Kate, but then Madame Mask gets this fantastic monologue about cigarettes, about how, you know, oh, I, cigarettes, I, I smoked them for like 10 years. We'll see if I can find what she exactly says. Yeah, she says, um, she was like, hey, you're a kid. Do you smoke? And she's like, excuse me? She said, smoke cigarettes. Children smoke cigarettes. Are you one? And she says, no. He says, good girl, you're smart. You'll live longer. I smoked for years. Quitting was the hardest thing I ever had to do, but it was the quitting that made me hate smoking, not the cancer or the disease or anything else. I hated not having control over myself, but just now, it's funny, just now I was overwhelmed with the urge to smoke out of nowhere. I'd pay $1,000 for a cigarette. See? Control. And she says, I'm going to stub an entire pack of cigarettes out on that pretty oh, little yeah. face of yours tonight. And I'm going to smoke them one at a time and use your face as an ashtray for what you did to me. And she says, Ugh. and uh, I just, again, just cool monologue. You don't know much about Madame Mask if you're just reading this, but you're like, OK, she's a little unhinged. She's a little messed up in, in a really good way. Like, I want to see more of that. And, uh, but then we get, you know, Clint saving the day. We get a great double foot. I love when they use the, like when they kick in and it says foot top. <laughs> and when they break open the glass, it says glass, uh, which is just, again, perfect for the way that this, this issue is. And they're, they're dodging all of these ninja stars, the tape, the tape, where's the tape? And, you know, fighting through everything. And I think by the end of it, uh, yeah, Madame Mask shoots Kate or shoots Clint. He's holding the tape blows a hole in the tape effectively destroying the tape but then we find out as you mentioned that there were technically three tapes and all of the tapes were fake and the tapes were what was it hawkeye captain america and wolverine uh which is a great little pile too of, of characters but essentially um she says and this would be cool too if this is what we saw because Actually, this would be really cool, Rob, because we haven't seen S.H.I.E.L.D. since, um, gosh. Okay, well, when's the last time we saw Maria Hill? Probably, what, Far From Home, right? Correct, yeah. And she's working with Nick Fury. They're, they're doing some bigger business, I guess. She says, we're building the new S.H.I.E.L.D. from the ground up. And to avoid creating something like my father made, and this is the, in the comics, this is the, the black Nick Fury, whose father is the white Nick Fury that they did to try and link it up with the movies. She, he says, I'm using my different methods, my methods, but this was the only way that we could flush out the rat, that there was apparently somebody in here that uh, a leak, a leak, a mole. And so they did this to catch who that is. Um, and they never actually show who yeah, that is. There's exactly. never a point of it, but that could make sense for the MCU, for Maria Hill to show up and be like, we're trying to build, you know, S.H.I.E.L.D. from the ground up, or Nick Fury trying to do that. I guess I thought it was Maria saying it, not Nick, but whatever. Yeah, I mean, that would be cool if they rebuild it. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, if they don't, I don't care either. I'm, I'm fine with it. They're just the, the giant, you know, fascist organization that does whatever they want. But then Kate, you know, Kate was really upset with Clint because she watched the video and she's like, she believed it, obviously, because she didn't know anything about it. And so by the end of it, finding out, he says, you know, um, I want, he says, I wanted to help. It seemed like the right thing to do. And she says, 
you're okay, Barton. As far as people go, you're okay. And that was the end of it. And I just, again, a real happy ending to a very short series. And then we go straight into the next issue, which is like, okay, awesome. So you get that quick little vignette, but I love that vignette. I, I, I swear, I have a good feeling. That'd be my receipt, is that they do an episode titled The Tape. I, would, I mean, yeah, that, now that we're talking about it, that would be cool. Like, I don't think it's going to be anything with S.H.I.E.L.D. or anything like that. I think it's just going to be, like like I said, highest bidder. Right. We'll find out who, who Ronan was. Yeah, so. they, they may remove some things from it, but I'm uh, the bones, I think the bones are going to be there. Um, interestingly enough, for any of you out there that are thinking of buying this omnibus on digital, I can't speak to it being in print. I don't know how they organized it. I was telling you about this, Rob. For me, in my digital omnibus, the next issue is issue seven. And then after that is issue six. And then after that is issue 17. And the reason that they do this is because issue 17 takes place directly after issue six. And I don't know why Matt Fraction wrote them this way. Again, it was very kind of bouncing off the walls. We're not going to talk about them in that order. We're going to just go in the order that they were released. But I just found it interesting that that was the way they, they showed it. So issue six is a very trippy issue in the sense of comic books because the the timeline is all over the place they go from tuesday december 18th to monday december 17th to friday december 14th it's basically like they're going back in time but then from there they go back to wednesday december 19th so you're getting little blurbs in different bits of time but it all takes place during christmas uh or right around christmas so boom there's your christmas portion of Hawkeye so I wonder if we'll see anything about this but essentially you know Tony Stark's trying to help him hook up his AV cables in his room and um, you know Kate's doing some things on her own as well and we just figure out kind of what's going on and why essentially he it's just another little quick snippet about him kind of fighting off the tracksuit mafia did you get anything more than that from it I, I I love the art from this from this um, yeah. issue. It's it's so crazy. Like they're they're like basically got like your uh, uh, audio video instructions. Yeah, <laughs> Tony's helping him hook up his stuff, and then and then like like okay like like you said that the times jump all around, and I'm looking at the one that says like I wanted to call this one out like Thursday December 13th. It reminds me you ever played that game that like the the old arcade x-men beat him up yes game. yeah where you're in a city and they kind of come from the sides and you gotta yeah that's exactly what this looks like it's so freaking trippy like like you see the, the the page has got spider-man wolverine and hawkeye it looks just like an old old ass like 16-bit you know like the x-men game like yeah they, it's like isometric view and they just walk around and, you know like or like ninja turtles if, if yeah or the simpsons game was the same way as well yep uh but it's funny too that he you know, he doesn't get shot, but he gets shot at and knocked into the air and he's knocked out because he's just a total human. And he wakes up and says, did I miss Christmas again? <laughs> uh, like just again, the writing in this is so good. But yeah, nothing really happens besides, you know, them standing up to the tracksuit mafia and saying, you know, don't bother us. But then in doing so, I think they incur the wrath of more tracksuit mafia people who show up later. But in this case kind of show up in the middle of the episode or issue because again the time is all over the place yeah uh, but yeah no i liked it again good holiday issue definitely worth the read uh but then yeah issue seven is uh one of my favorites just because it's so random 
in that there's a giant uh her well, it's not only random but almost in that simpsons vein of being very predictive again this came out in probably late 2012 early 2013 and they're talking about a hurricane that's the storm of the century hitting new york and that's literally what happened this year with like new york and rhode island when the you know the subways were completely flooded and you remember seeing all that footage and all that. It looked just like this where people, you know, they're in a boat driving around. He gets yeah. to say again, I'm great at boats, but it just was so out of the blue, but reading it with the context they have today, it makes a lot of sense. So I wonder yeah. if he was basing it off of something. I can't remember if New think, York had any other issues. Yeah. Like I think it was hurricane Sandy they were basing it off of. Oh, okay. Okay. It's been so, a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I like, like the, I think issue seven too is when they introduce you to like the godfather of the tracksuit mafia is the, the old dude with the, yep. with the, with the uh, oxygen mask. And the, oh yeah. And the little yeah, chubs hat. The pimped the, out white suit and the Kangol. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And he's uh man, he's, he says bro too, but he always seemed a little more scary than the other ones. Right. Cause he doesn't say a lot. He doesn't say much. Yeah. But uh, so this issue is him helping uh, grills go take to his father's house to get some things i think he was just helped because of the storm he's like you know my dad's a home alone that sort of thing my mom passed away and clint's just like all right i'll I'll come help you and they end up going there when it floods and so you know half the stuff in their basement gets destroyed and it's just a really sad story about you know his dad didn't really want to change didn't want to save anything and now all of that stuff is destroyed but by the end of it he's like you know not everything and you get to see him and his father hug which was really cool to see. Again, you're getting all this emotion in a one-off, one-shot type of issue, uh, which is perfect, though, for Hawkeye, though. I wonder if Matt Fraction pitched that as, like, you know, the, the term one-shot feels very much like Hawkeye. What if we made these issues all, like, one-shots? And they're like, oh, Matt Fraction, you're brilliant. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. but <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but then Kate, and Kate has a separate story on here as well. I enjoyed the art but I wasn't that big a fan of the art too. <clears throat> there were some spots in it where I was like, Ooh, that looked like that's not what a human's face looks like. But at the same time, I kind of liked some of that exaggeration. What did you think of that? And I'm looking specifically like the one where she's running and she says, anybody need anything from Dwayne Reedy back in 10. Oh yeah. And her yeah, 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 her yeah, face yeah. just uh-huh. looks like she had like a lemon or something like that. that and then the guy me. above her, Barton Fink. <laughs> yeah. That reminds me of Aeon Flux or something like the art style, like, like mm. the, the exaggerated, you know, like body gestures and stuff like that. So yeah, I know what you mean. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to find, yeah, I see it now. Yeah. I, that's, that's it. And I think we get a little bit of a preview too later on. Cause he's talking about, well, he, he wants to talk to Kate and he doesn't know how she got mad at him for some reason. Surprise, surprise. And Grills is telling him, he says, and I, I just, I saved the screenshot of, he says, dummy, tell her, write it all down. If you think she don't want to see you no more. It's like that great poet of the Bronx once said, tell her about it. I was like, okay, <laughs> that's great. Um, and then the last screenshot I took was the, the pizza dog issue. So I think, I think we're almost there. But um, yeah, yeah, because I skipped over. Seventeen was interesting though, because you and you read that already too, right? The yes. that's basically like the fever. It's a fever dream, essentially, like a Christmas fever dream where he passes out on the couch and just the most random and it's like a Star Wars Visions episode of just wild animation. And I think it's Annie Wu who does the animation. I might be wrong, but it's all pizza dog related. Yeah, um, yeah, very oh, the interesting. Winter Friends one. Right? Yeah, yeah, the Winter Friends. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. 
Uh, but yeah, issue eight is the one with the beautiful red cover uh, called Doomed Love. I loved that they had all the different love comics and love crimes, a girl like you, the, the comics throughout this issue. But this is the one we were talking about where his three and this scene is always just great. Stop me if you've heard this one before. Girl runs into a mansion full of superheroes and me. And the professional spy says, uh, that depends. And my ex-wife says, oh my. And my friend, girl, says, uh, Clint. And just the fact that they, they're they all dressed in what looks to be like 60s garb. There's yeah. just a, a really interesting to kind of throwback to this, even though now we're dealing with this new Penny who's trying to essentially get out. She's trying to get revenge and Clint's helping her. But in doing so, is now kind of making it look like Clint's a criminal. Yeah, I, I was I was gonna ask you about that, but I guess it's just like some some little thing they put in here. Like they're all wearing like cards on their forehead. Uh huh. I almost wondered if it was like just the the nineteen sixties sort of go go girl party type thing. I, I thought I thought it was just like like girlfriend number one, two, and three because it's like if I'm looking for the page now. Yeah, I'm gonna go back and see if they've got that on theirs. Yeah, because uh, like it shows like 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 uh, one, oh, you're right, one, two, and three. It is. Yeah. There you go. That makes sense. But even their hairstyles are very yeah. 1960s. Go, yeah. Yeah. You know what I think, though, is because the romance comics are kind of from the 1960s, the ones that Marvel did. Mm-hmm. And so having like Mystery Girl, I was a redhead car thief, my father, my fiend, do mm-hmm. you know the way to anywhere? Like those were the classic. Uh, I never read them, but yeah, those were the classic ones. With all these other girls around, how could I ever get him to notice me? <laughs> was the a girl like you um but yeah so that oh, yeah, I, I, yeah. I found it interesting and I, we get some more about the tracksuit mafia guy as well um and then he gets the crap kind of beaten out of him uh clint punches him right in the face i would have thought that he would have died but apparently we see him later too so definitely doesn't die um but yeah he he you know kind of gets bailed out of jail and they've got this safe that they can't open but i'm trying to remember if they do open it, maybe they don't yet, but this issue actually starts uh, what I think is a new villain uh, in terms of, I don't, I don't think we've ever seen him in the Marvel universe up until this point. And I did not like how they introduced this villain because the way that he writes these stories, like it's not, it's hard to get invested in a new character because then the next week it's about something totally different and uh so when we get to this point where the kingpin is essentially getting all of the people to uh and i love this too you know all the bad guys like owlsley's all this is a little too dangerous blah 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 and uh the tracksuit guy says ladies and gentlemen we do it we take heat we take fall less you know is better but give us big okay and i give i give you dead avenger and then he says, respectfully, sir, less you know is better. We, we have our ways and we have them long time. And I just, I liked that because you think of these tracksuit mafia people as just so stupid and throwaway because of the way that they talk. And the way that he talks in here, it's like, he's got some gravitas to him. He's kind of serious that, you know, he's not messing around. Obviously we know at the end of the day, what's going to happen, but just thought it was cool. And from there we get an eye drop that just says you dead now, bro, you dead now. And the eye drop and you go, Oh, well, what's this eye drop? But we find out that that's the, uh, it's going to be that guy that we'll see here in a couple of issues. But like I said, I, what did you think of him? The, 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 the new villain. 
The new villain, yeah. Uh, I thought I thought it was cool. It'd be something that's cool to see in the show. Uh, that's a good point. Yeah, like like you, you got to develop you gotta, him. You got to get like a ringer or somebody that that's that's good at you know at assassination. But you know that 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 could be. I mean, I don't know. According to the end of Black Widow, I was going to say it could be uh, um, it could be Elena, but it, it could be somebody totally different now. Like like the the, the crime syndicates hire somebody to take him out. Yeah, because you know, because yeah. after after a while, you know him him uh, beating the crap out of the you know tracksuit mafia or whoever comes after him, they gotta they gotta bring somebody else in because just because he's a regular dude, he's still nobody to mess with. So maybe that maybe that could be you know how they introduce somebody else. I don't know. We'll yeah, see. no, that's a good point. If, if I'd be fine with this guy, and it's not that I'm saying I don't like him, I'm just saying the way that they kind of introduce him in here and his backstory, I couldn't follow it. And so I'm hoping maybe that you'll be able to help me out with that as we get to it. But this next issue is titled Girls, and it to me it was weird only because I was like, well, didn't, didn't we just see this in the last issue? This whole like, oh, the three of them with the cards on their face. But we don't really get anything until the very end of the issue when Jessica shows up and kind of yells at Clint and Kate's there as well, kind of saying it's okay, like you're a good person. And he's like, no, I'm not. But what we really see is those last two panels where Grills is up cooking and um, the guy shoots him and he says, well, where'd you come from? He says, I told you I come from, I came from hell. And it's, he's got that creepy face. He's a great villain. Like he's super scary. Um, but I was so sad to see girls get shot. Yeah. I, I don't, yeah, that was crazy. But very like random. <clears throat> Why is he killing grills? I don't know. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. I, like, then, didn't they try to, didn't they try to like, <clears throat> I think they were trying to like investigate like what happened. Like they were investigating Clinton and everything. I don't know if they just try, try, try to make it uncomfortable for him because this guy, he's like a real estate mogul too. Uh, I, I can't say his name because that's, that's what he does. Kazi, something like that. Yeah. Because he, because that's what he does here. Kazi or Janique or Janek. Yeah, because that's that's what he does. Like when he's not wearing the makeup and stuff, he he's like a uh, uh, real estate dude or something like that. That's he's right. Like, yeah, he's the one that's like working with the tracksuit mafia to like kind of like eminent domain type stuff getting people out of the apartment to so they can build um like shopping malls or something in, in manhattan so yeah mm-hmm. i think that's that's what he, he he moonlights as a freaking assassin but that's what he does in the daytime so what did you catch on this issue so this is um this is issue 10 mm-hmm. um again i i just like i said i don't know why i had a hard time following this of like what is his backstory? I clearly see people dying around him, getting shot, people saying, you need to leave and get out of here. There's fire. I think his brother dies maybe at some point, but like, what was the impetus of him becoming a villain? I know he says, I came from hell and all of this looks like hell. Don't, don't get me wrong, but what was it that happened to him? Did I miss something? I don't know. It it felt, it felt like, like, WandaVision, Sokovia, like like Civil War and stuff, like his parents died and it's just okay. his brother, and then they get picked up by the they get saved by the tracksuit mafia dudes. Right? So so Okay. Yeah. So so like basically I guess they were doing something. I can't it was hard to follow for me too, but they were doing something and I guess some soldiers were about to take them out and or whoever these guys were, because you know, I, I guess it's un, un you know, unruly. 
the, the wherever they're from is in an unruly state at the time, and then they like some guys are about to take them out because they they called them looters or something like that. Huh. And then like at the last minute, the tracksuit mafia guys swoop in and, and save him and his brother. But then it gets to the very end where he says the tracksuit guy. It's the same guy, but he looks younger, mm-hmm. and he says, "Work for us, bro. We make you rich." Mm-hmm. And so he must have been older by the time that they showed up to try and save him. So he kind of survived by himself, I guess, for a long time. Again, it's just, it wasn't clear. I get it. I get the gist of his backstory, but it would have been nicer to kind of dive a little deeper into it. And maybe we do see it a little more later, but it was just interesting and, and a great foil for Kate though. Cause she has zero idea that this is the guy. And, you know, she, and I don't almost wonder if he, knows that it's her obviously he finds out at the end when he's like tailing her and sees her go to the apartment but i wonder if when they first met that he was just like oh this is a pretty lady more so than like oh i think this is kate bishop oh uh, yeah yeah so i, I don't know I, th- I think he was just like playing her like like he's just trying to get get to know like he's he's playing like the, the long game with clint as far as like stalking his prey or something like that that's what yeah. i think it is like he, I think he already knows about Kate Bishop. He knows about Clint, of course. Yeah, and then we get the same. We get the same exact ending as the last issue, where he shoots Gil and says, uh, "You know, I'm, I came from hell." Right. But uh, in in always all fashion, you know, it's always darkest before the dawn, and here comes the dawn, and or I guess the dog in issue eleven. Uh, with the one of the best and this was one of the ones i think that was nominated for an eisner was this specific issue because just i mean i'm looking at it right now it's so easy to read this issue and it's so easy to just buzz through it and go to the very end and go okay okay but it really takes skill to dive into each of these panels and try and see how matt and david kind of crafted what a dog would experience when talking with a human. Like I loved this where he doesn't catch every single word that's being yeah. said, but he catches those buzzwords that you typically tell a dog, like what help me don't bad is one that, that he sees all the time, but then also the like connecting circular Venn diagram type cause map bubbles. Yeah. That's where... what, he, yeah what, he, what he knows about these people. Like, you know, he knows, like I'm looking at it now, like Clint's an archer and he's got the coffee mug and the, the coffee pot and the food. <laughs> yep, the food. He feeds him. Yep, exactly. And then Kate, same thing, coffee, Kate likes pizza uh, and flowers and drinks does she kiss have they kissed sort of thing and then he just leaves and we get to see i love this too he just you, you see the quick little panel of him smelling in as he's walking and then you see the same thing for each of the rooms yeah except when they get to gill's room there's a crossed out face and a question mark of like uh-oh what's going on Time where's to- gill because he can smell he can smell them through the door and they're all home yep and, gill, and gill's not there mm-hmm so- yeah. And then he goes outside and I, this was like one of my favorite panels. I was going to take a, actually I'll take a little screenshot of it because I loved it, but look how, t- look how tough that dog looks. I just love that little dog. That reminds me of pickle just, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> lead, leading the way. And uh, they're like, he's just like, thinks he's the coolest cat in town. I loved it. But they yeah. go back up to the top and see uh, that Gil's dead. And so the title pizza dog in pizza is my business. Uh, which is just again just amazing so he's sniffing around he's looking for clues figures out the guy shot him and then ran off the side of the building climbed down got into a car sniffing around some trash 
and then finds some pizza and has to take a pause to eat the pizza, which obviously, you know, who, who wouldn't as a dog? Uh, and then you get ears too. His ears will perk up and you'll see little sonics going into his ears, which is just great. Yeah, he's a better detective than freaking Kate Bishop is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, that's probably that's funny because she ends up taking him to California yeah. with her, which is cool because they, they make a great pair as well. Uh, but then, yeah, so what he shows back up and they're like, Arrow? And, you know, yells at him, but then he runs away. And then we get the cops back at the house and back to the, you know, only a few words that we hear. Yeah, Avenger, question, up, done here, stay out of trouble, good boy. He definitely hears good boy. I love that. And then he goes, ah, and he gets excited at it, which is just great. Oh, just you fall in love with this dog in this episode if you hadn't if you hadn't followed followed him before. Um, and then the last part too, when he when they leave and he looks back at Pizza Dog, Pizza Dog looks back at him, he says, Keep eye place. And he goes, gives him a little salute, like, I got it which is great <laughs> whenever whenever we leave the house to go something we always pick one of the cats and tell them that they're in charge so hopefully they hear that too and, and understand it um it's, it's still going too that's crazy so yeah then he just sits outside guarding the place and we get to see all the different things that he picks up on which reminded me a tiny bit of uh, i'm just looking at it right now of like king shark when he goes bird yeah. And the birds there, I'm seeing he, he spots the bird, the cars, people snoozing, talking, hot dogs, coffee, uh, music, garbage, dog peeing on trash can, cat. Uh, that one's off on its own. Uh-huh. Uh, and then that little dog comes by again, just proud as can be. And the dog comes back out to get him, breaks his heart, and then, you know, gets him back inside. And they just play for a little bit. But then he sees the mafia guys climbing the side of the building. Oh yeah, and he runs back out and just listens in on that. Sees the guy, and the guy. Oh, that's right. He fights the guys, and wow, what a brave dog! He's taking him on while they're shooting at him. But the one guy misses and shoots someone else in the leg, and he's getting pissed. And then they fall off the building, and it looks like the dog. Oh, that's right. They take the dog back to their place, mm-hmm. which was kind of kind of creepy. That old lady with the submachine gun necklace yeah that see i didn't pick up on this until i mean they, they talk about it later on but yeah she's she's significant and moving forward in the story that the you know the old lady with, mm. the, with the uzi on the necklace interesting little uh, I, 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 was, I was trying to figure this out like man like he he damn near like took these guys out and they're just all sitting in the apartment having tea with the old lady and i was like what the hell is going on here but it, but it's significant yep. later on in the story so. and so and i i assumed as much because I, I thought the same thing as i was reading it i was like yeah this i don't remember lucky getting this lucky but right. he does he runs out and escapes and runs all the way back home and uh and then we get he says uh yeah come good boy good stop eating garbage boy okay and he says come lucky pizza and then lucky comes inside to eat and we get kate showing up too though right or no this is kate leaving yeah, yeah, yeah. This is an overlap because, like you were talking about, she goes to L.A. and and I guess the next issue explains what what they're saying. Like it's, it's this is all from his perspective, but then they go back into yep. I guess like human perspective after this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we see it. Too. She took took a long road trip to get to. She didn't even stop in Colorado, which is kind of dumb, but whatever. She took she took the long way. I don't blame her. Um, but then yeah, so we get to issue twelve, which again was nice to see. For half of it, I was like. 
why does Hawkeye look like this? And then by the end, I was like, oh, wait. So this entire episode kind of takes place in the eyes of his brother, Barney, Barney Barton, which is really cool. So we find out where he learns how to shoot the coin from his right. brother. And we find out some backstory that he had an abusive father and uh, clearly abusive, which was really sad to see, you know, his mom's like dampening her nose. She had a bloody nose and dad's hitting the kids and all of that. But by the end of it, they don't, don't, don't they die. Yeah. His parents some... die in a car crash. Yeah. I'm looking at it here. Cause okay. I know he, it just, it, it was so funny. I kept thinking it was Clint. Cause I'm like, Clint, why are you telling them? Like, if you give me $5, I'll let you beat me up. And I was like, that just doesn't sound like Clint, but that totally sounds like Barney. I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's right. That's right. Car accident looks like it was drinking and driving. And uh, they said, you know, good is what he says as he walks away, which was tough to watch. But, you know, I, I totally sympathize with him. And then Barney shows up and he says, spare the price of a cup of coffee for a fellow American down on his luck. And he says, same old Barney, huh? Come here. <laughs> And I was looking at when, when I was trying to decide, like, okay, how are we going to break these issues up? And I saw that I was like, this is a perfect way to end this part one, because kind of you, you got the fraction and, and Frank Avella, which is interesting. He's the guy who did the art on uh, Archie, the zombie Archie, life after Archie comics. Okay. Um, but yeah, he did a good job. Uh, what'd you think of Barney? I didn't even know this dude was a thing. I, I thought it was cool. Like it's, 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 it's cool to see like how he learned how to fight and, who basically like raised him because mm-hmm. like you said his, his 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 dad was abusive so every everything clint learned like how to how to take a punch and how, how to you know fight back and everything learn from his older brother yeah so yeah i mean he he, he I, I like his character later on we're not going to talk about it now but i like how his character is later on in the uh, story mm-hmm. yeah there's a lot of a lot of cool twists towards the end as a as a tease for our next episode but yeah, I think it ends in a really good spot. And I, I would I would think if they're they're pulling things from the show, it's probably gonna be from like those first, I don't know, probably from these first 12 issues in a sense. Like they're not gonna pull it all for the one, but maybe they will. So we'll see when we get to that second half if there's any connections to it, which you're not in your head. So I'm I know you you're uh, read ahead in, in a good way. So I'm excited yeah. to kind of dive into those and see what we can do on our next showing. But um any final thoughts on the series for at least these first 12 issues? I I really liked them man. Like before I read them, I, I was trying to see what like the general consensus was and like a lot of people were confused by them, but it, it's it's a different way of you know storytelling. It is. It's so I, very I different. I and I really like the art, you know, mostly the, the uh, David Aha art, but mm-hmm. you know, for, for the most part, it was it was a really good story. So it's a little more grounded, a lot different from from what we're used to. Yeah, because a, lot, yeah. a, lot, a lot, oh, yeah. lot of a lot of these issues, I got like a lot of freaking monologue and all this stuff, but this this is more, I don't know, more simple. Yeah, it says it says a lot. A picture's worth a thousand words, and I think that you know Matt and David understand that when they're creating these and crafting these, even down to the covers. I mean, the covers are are so cool and they're so minimalist, but they say so much. And like I said, I mean, I I don't regret that I don't have the issues anymore because I I sold them a long time ago. But I just I love I loved collecting them, and uh, each time I'd get one, I'd be like, man, this is the coolest cover ever. Like these covers are just so cool. Uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's the same thing. I, I love it. It's grounded. It's easy to read. It definitely is something that you may run a week, read twice 
or like read all the way through and then come back and do it again because there's certain things that you miss and connections that you can't really make because like i said you know matt jumps around a lot and he right. he'll, he'll go from one issue issue seven to issue 17 sort of thing like, so yeah, just like pulp fiction you jump around a lot yep yeah and he's not afraid to do that which is just shows their skills as creators and artists so um but yeah that's that's going to do it for us here at comics and cinema for this episode so rob thanks again for joining always appreciate you having having you on the show yes sir appreciate it yeah awesome so yeah tune in next time as we cover the next issues of hawkeye which again i believe is issues of the Ant hawkeye annual and then issues 13 through 22 so that'll come out at some point probably by the end of october uh, i've got some vacations in october so we'll be a little less sparse but um in other news i am going to be seeing venom let there be carnage uh thursday i wouldn't call it night uh thursday at 4 p.m uh, in Dolby, which I'm really excited for. So I'll have an episode up on that and uh, see how it goes. What? Did, did, not expecting it to come out this early? No, I just forgot it was coming out this. I know. I keep I keep forgetting. <laughs> Every time I'm like, crap, Venom's this week. Like, I keep forgetting. It's the weirdest movie ever. Like, I'm I'm excited to just have an episode to be able to, to say what I think in terms of, even if it's bad, because the movie's coming out like right now in terms of, Oh, I'm going to go see this movie on September 30th. Like what kind of a date is that? And uh, the movie's only an hour and 30 minutes and it's coming off of a bad movie. And I, I saw a note I had where I said, I didn't hate the movie when I first saw it, but I've learned to kind of not enjoy it just because it's not an MCU movie. And I know I shouldn't be that way, but I'm excited to see this carnage and venom are two of my favorite characters. Thanks to Donnie Cates. And I've always been a fan of Carnage, but um, I'm really looking forward to this movie. And honestly, I think that's going to end up, I hope that doesn't end up costing me my life because I have a bad feeling I'll get in there with high hopes and just have them dashed. But we'll see. I have no idea. Are you planning to go see it? Uh, now I am, now that you mentioned it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, it's coming. I'm, I'm sure the theaters won't be that full. No. Uh, we'll see. I mean, when I bought my ticket, I was the only one in the theater. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Nice. Um, but yeah, so that's going to do it for us here. So for Comics and Cinema, I'm your host, Alex Klein. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you at the movies.